Welcome to the In All Things podcast. Here, we talk about everything from friendship and personalities to contentment and faith. Our goal, to encourage you to seek Christ in all things. Hey, how's it going? I'm your host, Sierra. Let's imagine you're in my living room and dive into real conversation. Hello, hello. I hope that everybody has had a wonderful week so far. Today we are in the second week of Advent, and if you didn't listen to last week's episode, the word Advent means arrival. The Advent season is the four weeks leading up to Christmas, which is obviously when we celebrate Christ's arrival. Traditionally, when a home or a church is recognizing Advent, they have a circle of four candles with a fifth candle that's placed in the middle. And every candle represents something different, and a new one gets lit each week leading up to Christmas. So last week we talked about hope, and today we're going to talk about love, and the last two weeks are joy and peace. Then the fifth candle, which gets lit on Christmas Day, that represents Christ and the light that he brings into the world. So as I said, the second week of Advent, love is the topic. I feel like love can kind of be a cliche subject, and it really can be because we live in a culture that is kind of saturated with its own version of love. We hear about love everywhere we go, whatever we watch, whoever we listen to, anything that we read or see, it is about love. Love others, love everybody, love anybody, love yourself. And society has redefined what love means. It's based solely on feelings, like how does a person make you feel? Recently, the singer Adele announced her divorce from her husband. And normally, I do not talk about specific people, especially not from pop culture. But I thought her example here is very relevant. The reason that she gave to the media for her divorce is that she left her marriage in pursuit of her own happiness. She said, I was just going through the motions and I wasn't happy. Neither of us did anything wrong. Neither of us hurt each other or anything like that. So basically, he just wasn't giving her feelings anymore. But oh my word, if that is what love was, love wouldn't mean anything. It would have no depth and no significance. When the Bible talks about love, it never refers to it in regards to feelings. Biblical love is always, always about action. 1 John 4, 9 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. God showed his love to us through his son. Think about 1 Corinthians 13. We often share this passage at weddings, but it's actually meant for the entire body of Christ as a whole and to each other, not only romantic love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, and it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. All of those are verbs. It's not an emotional love. Because our emotions come and go. Some days we're happy and positive and others we are grumpy and irritable. Sometimes we want to just sit and cry. Other times we want to laugh. And there are times that we want to just scream into a pillow. (laughs) 
But our emotions are not reliable. Imagine if that's the kind of love Jesus showed us. We wouldn't ever know where we stood with him. But Christ is the picture of biblical love. Not only does he exemplify love, he encompasses love. The Bible says that he is love. His love is completely unconditional. It's not dependent on what we say or what we do. His love doesn't depend on how much time we spend with him or how we're feeling that day. It is steadfast, it is deep, and it is reliable. Christ's love is one of the most powerful concepts ever. The sacrifice that he made for us was made purely out of love for every single one of us. When we look in the Old Testament, God's love was primarily shown to the Israelites. They were God's chosen people whom he favored throughout the beginning of history. But when God sent his son, Jesus died for everybody, the Jews and the Gentiles. Anyone who is not a Jew is considered a Gentile. But this means that there are not any second-class citizens among God's people anymore. He has welcomed all of us as children of God. In Ephesians 2, Paul is talking to to the Gentiles, those who were not born as Israelites. And he's saying, remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. In later verses, Paul also says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. That's pretty amazing and exciting to think about. This is actually where we see the beautiful concept of adoption as well, because so many families are inspired by these verses as they prepare to bring children who are not biologically their own into their family to become their own, to be loved as their own. Anne Voskamp writes about God's love in her book, The Greatest Gift. She says, God can't stay away. This is the love story that has been coming for you since the beginning. The God who walked with us in the garden in the cool of the evening before the fall shattered our looseness with him is the God who came after his people in the pillar of cloud of fire because he could not bear to let his people wander alone. He is the God who loves us and likes us and isn't merely 50% or 72.3% for us, but the God who is always unequivocally 100% for us the God who is so for us that he is the God who chooses to be with us. Can I be really honest for a minute? There are a lot of people who try to tell us that because Jesus died for us, we are worthy or deserving of love. I'm not one of those people. I'm sorry. (laughs) But here is why. When we realize that we were so devastatingly unworthy of love when Jesus died for us, It is only then that we can even begin to grasp Jesus' love for us. We were lost in the eternal consequences of sin before Jesus. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And verse 10 says that it was while we were God's enemies that Jesus reconciled us through his own death. 
God's enemies. We are not worthy of God's love. But here's the good news now that I've bummed you out. God loved us anyway. He redeemed us through his son. He desires for us to live in heaven with him literally forever. Despite our unworthiness and despite being his enemies, God sent Jesus to die for our sins and redeem us. For those who believe in him, he calls them children. That idea says absolutely nothing about our worthiness. But it says everything about the goodness and the love of God. Because after realizing our status, how much bigger is his love now? That is what I think is so important to focus on. We can also focus on how far Christ's love for us goes. Paul says in Ephesians, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. His love for us goes so deep that nothing can separate us from him now that we're his. Not only that, but Paul says that not even angels or demons can separate us from God. The spiritual realm is alive and very powerfully active. So to say that even that cannot separate us from Christ is a strong statement. But that's where we can find comfort in our darkest moments. Because we are to live like Christ, it should be pretty obvious then that we are to love others. In Matthew, Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. It is a clear directive from the Lord that we are to love others. So if we look at that 1 Corinthians passage again, we should ask ourselves, do we truly love others the way that Jesus does? Are we patient and kind? Are we humble? Honoring to others or are we self-seeking and easily angered? Do we rejoice in the truth? Do we protect, trust, hope, and persevere? It's quite the list and it may sound like some pretty high standards, but it's good to reflect on this because there's no way we will ever be perfect. But when we ask the Holy Spirit to sanctify us, we can make progress in these areas and we can also call on the Holy Spirit to help when we are struggling. 1 John 4, 7-12, through 12, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us that he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice to our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So in this week of Advent, let's just soak in the love of Jesus. Let's take moments in our day to recognize his love for us and also make efforts to love others as he's called us to. I wish I could remember the name of the book, um, but I read a book once that had the concept of living loved. Live our lives as though we are fully accepted, fully valued, 
and fully loved because we are by the one who created us. Remember that Jesus came into this world out of love for us and he died for us out of love so that we could spend eternity with him because he loves us. Have a great week, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining today's conversation. I hope this was an encouraging episode as you continue to walk with the Lord. If it was, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps with the app's algorithm and allows In All Things to be accessible to even more people. Share with your friends and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at In All Things Pod on both of those and visit our website at inallthingspodcast.com. See you next time.